Good morning. I'm Pastor Kyle. I want to thank you all for being here today as we've come to worship God. We're so glad to have our guests with us today, and we welcome those of you watching online or listening uh, to our podcast. We appreciate your spending some time with us as well. Uh, the foot is down. We're going to look at a really fun movie today called Inside Out and uh, thinking about our emotions and, and why God has given us emotions and what we're supposed to do with them. And so just super excited that you're here to be a part of this discussion and would now invite you to join me in a moment of silent prayer that I would deliver God's word today, uh, that we would all hear from God and that we would allow God's story to become part of our story. So let's join together in a moment of silent prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I really like this concept in this movie of what if we could see inside of someone else's head or even inside of our head and, and what really goes on to control that. And they've personified our emotions and you're going to see uh, little characters, little red guy is anger and there's joy and fear and all kinds of stuff. And it's an interesting uh, concept of thinking about, you know, what really does go on inside of us and, and what's in control? Is it our, is it our rational ability? Is it, is it emotions that controls us? And so uh, it's really a beautiful thing personifying our emotions inside this little girl named Riley's head. And so uh, what we're going to see in just a minute is, is the very beginning of her life and her, her beginning to deal with emotions and what that looks like. And, and the way that the movie characterizes memories, it's kind of like uh, when we form a memory, it's kind of like a big marble and it rolls down and, and whatever the emotion of the moment is, then the marble is going to be colored that. So if it's an angry emotion, uh, emotional memory, it'd be a red marble. And if it's a sad one, it might be a blue marble. And so uh, it's an interesting way of thinking about how we process the world and how we store memories and how our emotions affect us. And so we are emotional creatures. We've been created that way. We are created in God's image, which is good and awesome. And as we read scripture, we see that God experiences a range of emotions. The Bible shows us that God can feel joy or anger or sadness. And so it's no surprise that we create in God's image also are created with emotions. In the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, it says this in chapter 3, verse 4. If you want to read along in your Bibles or look on your Bible apps on your phones or tablets, it says that there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And so we have a wide range of emotions and there are different times for us to experience those and, and that's okay. We know that uh, things like fear can be good for us because it can protect us from a, a situation that might be dangerous to us. We know that sadness can be a good thing because it can help us process some difficult things in our lives when we have to face disappointment and we're trying to figure out what to do with that. Uh, we're grateful for anger because we can see things that are in the world that are unjust and, and we should be angry about that and it should motivate us to want to do something to make a difference to, to fight against the injustice. And so these emotions that God gives us uh, can be wonderful and awesome gifts. But we also have to be cautious about our emotions because sometimes our emotions uh, can be good, but sometimes they can kind of mislead us because we live in a world that is broken. And even though we're created in God's image and we've been given the great gift of freedom to choose how we're going to follow God, sometimes we don't do that well. 
And so we bring sin into the world. That's going against God. And so sometimes that sin and that brokenness kind of stain the original uh, uh, existence of being created in God's image that we are. And so sometimes our emotions are good and they're pure and sometimes they're distorted and they're broken and they can mislead us. Maybe you've met someone sometime that you felt good about and that this would be a good person to have in my life when really they're a very dangerous person or someone who doesn't have our best interest at heart and our emotions have betrayed us. Or maybe sometimes we see somebody that we think, oh, I don't want to be friends with them or be associated with them. They're kind of scary or I just don't get a good vibe about them when they're really great people and we're missing out on being in a special friendship or a special relationship. So emotions can be great, but they can also be misleading. Earlier this year in the wintertime, my son Luke was then in the third grade, was playing in a sports basketball league, a Christian league, upward basketball, and just having a great time. And We've had him in upward basketball for several years, and it's, a, it's an awesome opportunity to teach children how to play basketball and appreciate that, but also sportsmanship and what it's like to be a Christian and an athlete and that sort of thing. And so we really enjoyed that. And one of his uh, weekend games, we went, and the coach was not able to be there. And so one of the other parents who's kind of functioning as an unofficial uh, assistant coach took over the team, and, and our team uh, began to do really well. And we don't, they don't keep scoring upward, but if they did, we'd be up by a lot of points. And, uh, and the assistant coach was just really pushing our kids to push it more and more and more. And, and at halftime, he came over uh, before his halftime talk with the, with the kids. And, and he said to some of the parents, he was just super excited, just on this emotional high. And he's like, we're killing them. And, and our kids are in their kids' heads. And we're just going to run away with this thing. And he, he kind of walked off to give our kids like a pep talk. And I was just kind of like stunned and uh, kind of looked at Laura. I'm like, did, I just, did we just really hear that? I mean... We're running up the score on second, third, and fourth graders, and our kids are in their kids' heads. Is that where they need to be? I mean, wow. And we just didn't really feel good about that. And to his credit, the assistant coach slash parent came back and he apologized and said, you know what, guys, I kind of got a little bit carried away. Really? Yeah, absolutely. You got carried away. And so sometimes our emotions can really take us places that, that we shouldn't be going. Some of my neighbors uh, recently uh, made a decision that they now regret, and they've been noticing that the home prices around our, our community here all over the place have been rising, and, and they saw that their equity in their home would be better if, if they sold their house. And so what they decided to do was they wanted to sell their home, uh, make some money off that, and, and take the total equity in their, in their earnings on their home and, and then go reinvest it in another home and just pay cash and try to eliminate their, their mortgage expense, which, you know, that sounds like a good idea, but I don't think that it was rationally thought out because uh, they didn't do any homework. And uh, I don't know if they were operating out of fear or some kind of financial fear or maybe greed or I'm not quite sure what was going on, but uh, they didn't really research, you know, like where they were going to move and where they were going to buy. And, and so they listed their home. It sold very quickly. Uh, now they have to be out in a couple of weeks. They don't know where they're going to go. They started looking around to where they could buy cash only home, you know, from this whole process and, and they can't find one that's going to fit their needs. And so they're really upset and they have this seller's remorse and they were, you know, really letting their emotions drive them and we can, you know, get in a better financial situation. And again, I don't know if it's fear or greed or what, but, but they didn't think it through. And now they're in a bad place because they acted on their emotions and they didn't 
think things through. So sometimes our emotions are good and pure, and sometimes they can be misleading and they can get us into trouble. I mean, just think about if if we acted upon every emotion that we had in our lives, it, it might get us into some trouble. Like maybe our boss says something that makes us angry or a teacher at school and, and we have a gut reaction and we, we come right back at them. Many of us would probably say or do something that would cause us to lose our job or get thrown out of school or or if we acted on our emotions when we saw someone out about and we think that they're physically attractive and we, we let our emotions run free and we might say or do something that might all of us end up being, you know, having a sexual harassment case filed against us. Or, or those of us who are parents or grandparents, when we see the child or grandchild roll their eyes or be disrespectful or talk back, if, if we went with our initial base emotion to react to that, most of us would probably have the uh, DSS come in and take our children and grandchildren away. Right, right. If we if we let our emotions, those initial emotions, just motivate what we do, that could lead to some very disastrous consequences. And so sometimes we we need to admit that allowing our emotions to control us is not godly. Allowing our emotions to control us is not godly. Now, the poster child for someone who allows their emotions to control them, I would say, would be Homer Simpson from The Simpsons. We've got a picture here of all the various emotions of Homer Simpson. And, uh, you know, it's okay to have these emotions different times, different places. I wouldn't go with the drunk one up there. I don't think that's God's will for us. But uh, but what Homer does is he feels an emotions and he just acts on it. And every time he does that, it gets him into trouble, right? You know who else lets their emotions control them? Three-year-olds. Yeah, three-year-olds. That's, uh, that's why they throw tantrums and that's why they kick and scream when they don't get their way and lay on the ground and make a big spectacle about that. And I've been having some conversations with my five-year-old about that sort of thing because they also have uh, temper tantrums as well. And so, you know, if we allow our emotions always to control us, I don't think that's really God's will for us. Uh, we read in the book of James in the New Testament, chapter one, verses 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Right? Sometimes anger can be good, but a lot of times we jump in and, and anger can get us in trouble. And so the Bible is telling us, don't let our emotions control us. Right? The most often uttered command in the Bible is do not fear. Right? How many times do we go to the, the fear factor or being afraid and, and God's saying, you, you're going to feel fear, but you can control that. So don't let fear dominate or control our lives. We see in the book of Galatians in the New Testament, Paul writing these words in chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul says, don't let your emotions uh, or, the, or the human nature who wants to just do its own thing control us. Let the Holy Spirit control us. That part of God that's with us now. If God's in control, then God can help us kind of make sense and to navigate our emotions because they can get out of control. I want to read to you from Paul's uh, first letter to the Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. 
So you might have heard this passage of Scripture read at a wedding, and that's a great place to read it. It's talking about love. We also used this at a funeral recently, a celebration of life of one of our beloved church members uh, who's gone to be with God in heaven. And, and we read the passage of, of 1 Corinthians there because in its, in its original context, it's not about romantic love. It's about love between human beings, most especially love between followers of God, Christians who, who follow God. And, and Paul's writing about what love is. And, and you'll notice in there, that nowhere does it say that love is a warm, fuzzy feeling, right? Love, I love you. I love her. I love him, right? It's just that we identify in our culture that love is related to emotions, and it is in part, but in the Scripture, it's not there, right? Love is, it doesn't say anything about the, the warm and, and fuzzy feeling. And I, I just want to invite you to think about maybe a person that you love very much. Maybe it's your favorite person. You know, maybe that's your friend or your spouse, or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, or your child, or your grandchild. Think about that person right now. The per, you know, a person that you just you really love. And think about one time when they did something that just made you super angry. And even though you loved them, you couldn't believe they were doing that. How did you feel about them in that moment? I'm guessing it wasn't a warm and fuzzy feeling. It was probably just a, an, oh my gosh, how am I not going to just, you know, pounce on them and pound them, right? Just that, that angry feeling, right? So we're feeling that anger. Does that mean that we've stopped loving them? Absolutely not, right? So love is much more than an emotion, right? Love, what the Bible says, what Paul's teaching us, is that love is a choice, Love is an action. It's something that we choose to do. Love is patient and kind. Love is not arrogant or boastful or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. So when we think about our emotions, we think about loving people, Scripture says it boils down to our actions. It boils down to our choices. And we can see that in life. Right? That's why when we do wedding ceremonies and we take vows, we say, for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, right? Till death do us part. It's not always going to be a fun ride. Like any relationship, a friendship, uh, a relationship with our brothers and sisters, with our parents, a, a, a dating relationship, a, a marriage, right? It's never going to be always on the mountaintop where we're always feeling great and singing kumbaya, just having great warm, fuzzy feelings, right? Relationships are hard work. And so sometimes we're going to have to choose to love somebody even though we don't feel that way. And we've got to be careful with our emotions. I've seen a lot of people give up on relationships way too soon because they say, I just don't feel anything for them anymore. I just, I don't love them anymore. And I, I've just seen friendships and dating relationships and marriages come to a soon, to, uh, to an, a way too soon ending because people just give up because I don't feel it anymore, right? But if we're living what Jesus says, right? We're performing these acts of love then we're going to get through those tough spots. And the more we, we show love for each other, the more that those feelings will come to us. And it's a powerful thing. John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist denomination, uh, back in the 1700s, he was in England. He was an Anglican priest. And uh, he came over to the American colonies. We weren't a country yet, right? So it's, you know, mid 
1700s, you know, 750s, 60s, 70s, all that kind of that time frame. He came over to the American colony, and what he wanted to do was he wanted to bring Jesus to the colonists who were here, to the Native Americans who were here, and you know, he had a good track record in England for helping people, but he gets over here and nobody wants to listen to him. It's just like his utter failure of an evangelistic tour. Uh, he's also in a relationship, a romantic relationship with this woman that he cares about, and it crashes and burns, right? So his heart's like ripped out of his chest and, and somebody's jumping up and down on top of it. And so he just feels like a total failure. So he gets back on the boat to sail back to England and, and on the long journey across the Atlantic Ocean, it's some big storms come up and they're rocking the boat and it looks like the boat's going to you know, sink and, and he's scared to death and he's thinking, I'm, you know, I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to have all this faith, but I'm scared I'm going to die out here. And it doesn't help the matter that there's some other Christians on board and, and they're singing hymns and they're, it's like nothing's wrong, right? Like, hey, we're going to be okay. And he's just like, man, what is wrong with me? I'm a man of God. I'm a pastor and I can't hold down a relationship. I can't lead anybody to Jesus. I don't even have faith that God's going to get me home safely. And so when he got back, right, all these emotions that were churning inside of him, he's like, I'm done. I'm done. I just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling God. I'm not feeling being a pastor. And I'm just, I'm done. But one of his good friends said, John, man, hang on. You got it all wrong. You can't always live on the mountaintop, right? Those experiences are great and those awesome, like we're on a mission trip and we've fed some people, or we've been away on a retreat and we're, oh man, I just I love God. But you know, sometimes you just don't feel that way. It doesn't mean that God's gone. It doesn't mean that we can't love God. We can't love other people, right? You're just going through a tough time. John, you need to suck it up and keep being a pastor. You need to pray. You need to read your Bible. You need to take communion. You need to teach. You, you need to you take care of your church, right? Keep doing what you're doing until you feel it again, right? Choose to do what the Bible says, to love with your actions, to love God and to love people, and keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Thankfully, John Wesley heard him, and he kept going through the motions, doing what he was supposed to be doing, loving people through his action, loving God with his action, and, and he, he pressed forward. We cannot allow our emotions to control us. But now on the flip side, denying or vilifying our emotions is not godly either, right? To deny our emotions, to, to say that they don't exist, or to vilify them, saying emotions are a bad thing. You know, we, we shouldn't have that. You know, men shouldn't feel sad, right? That's a sign of weakness. Or, you know, if we're from Great Britain, it's the stiff upper lip, right? Just you never show the emotion. And so, uh, you know, the poster child for this is Mr. Spock from Star Trek, uh, right? We've got a picture of him as well. And, and uh, he doesn't feel emotions. <laughs> Right? He's a Vulcan, right? Every emotion looks the same. Happy, sad, angry, scared, right? His face is all the same. And so, right, so Homer's on one side, Mr. Spock's on the other side. We're not supposed to deal with emotions. We're supposed to just kind of go through life and be stoic. And, and I don't think that's very godly either. When you read the Bible, it's certainly not. You read in the book of Psalms, when you open the book, that's the very middle book of the Bible. You want to go home and do that today? Just like, Open it up right in the middle of the book of Psalms. And there is so much raw humanity in this book, it's amazing. If you ever think that you feel alone of how you're feeling in the world, you go back and you read these things that are thousands of years old and you'll see that other people were experiencing exactly what we're feeling. There's, there's people crying out to God with raw honesty in this book. Like someone like, God, I love it. 
Life's great, God. It's praise God. God's awesome. Woohoo! Right? And, and some are sad. You know, just like, God, things are awful. You know, I'm losing stuff in my life. I'm sick. I mean, just, I'm so sad. God, I, just, I don't know how I'm going to get out of bed in the morning. And, you know, some are angry. I can't believe this is happening to me in my life, God. Where are you and what are you doing about it? There's, there's one book of, uh, there's one psalm in, in the book of Psalms that, that just expresses this, this, this sheer anger. This, this person so upset says, I would take delight in smashing uh, my enemy's infants upon rock. I'm that mad at them. They're so evil that I would just take delight in that. Now, that's not a good thought. That's not something that we would want to do is, is to hurt anyone's children, absolutely. But, but to let the emotion out, to give it to God in a safe way, right? God gives us emotions for a reason. And so some way we've got to find a way to channel those emotions. And a great way to do that is just to be honest with God. God, I'm sad. I'm happy. I'm upset. I'm scared. I'm, I'm unsure. I'm, I'm anxious, right? To give ourselves permission to deal with our emotions. Because if we don't, then we're going to shove them down somewhere and that's going to come out in a lot of negative ways. It's going to come out in passive aggressive behavior towards other people. It's going to come out in an eruption of anger at some point, right? We have to allow ourselves to feel emotions. And I wonder sometimes if, 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 if this isn't part of why some of us get attracted and addicted to things like alcohol and drugs, because we think that we're supposed to be happy all the time. We're supposed to be on the mountaintop all the time. And, and if we can't get there naturally, then we're going to get there through superficial means or artificial means. And so we're going to drink to get drunk and we're going to use drugs to feel that high, right? But, but that's not how we're designed to be. We just can't be happy all the time, right? This side of heaven. And so God's given us anger and God's given us fear and God's given us caution and God's given us sadness for a reason. And we can't just you know, push them down somewhere and, and try to keep them there by turning to some kind of artificial means to, you know, and, and for some of us, maybe it's not drugs or alcohol. It's the, the thrill of adventure of jumping out of planes or, or working really hard, like 80, 90 hours, 100 hours a week, you know, just something to, to keep us on an emotional high when God says, sometimes it's okay to be on an emotional low. Sometimes it's okay to be there. Paul writes this in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Help other people recognize that, hey, you got this emotion? Let's deal with that, right? Run with it. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be sad. And the flip side of that's true is when we have people in our life that we can trust, they can help us navigate our emotions to say, wow, is, is this a healthy emotion for me? Or is this a distorted emotion? And what do I do with this emotion? And and when we share that with others, it really helps us deal with that. Now, admittedly, personally, that's hard for me to do. I like to bear my soul or bear some of my emotion uh, to people. And maybe it's because I'm a man. I don't know. But, uh, but, you know, those times when I do, I trust my wife or I trust friends with how I'm feeling and stuff and even fears and, and, and hopes and aspirations. When, as soon as I've shared that with God or with someone else, it just, it's, it just feels good to get that stuff out. And so God helps us navigate that. God sends us people to help navigate that. Just like John Wesley had his friend who, who guided him. And by the way, John Wesley was, you know, doing his thing. He was kind of like the robot. He wasn't, you know, feeling God. He wasn't feeling people, but he was doing the work of the Lord. And one day he went to hear another pastor preach and, and God used that sermon. God used that pastor to really touch John Wesley and and he came out afterwards and he said a quote that's really you know, popular in the Methodist circles. He said, I felt as if my heart were strangely warmed. And he was emotionally recharged. 
And what's really cool about our heritage and our founder and our history is that we are taught that we can love God with our head and with our actions and also with our heart. Right? And we use all those things together. We have a relationship with God that's balanced. We have relationships with people that are balanced. And that's really healthy. That's one reason I love our faith and how we live that out in, in our denomination in the United Methodist Church. So one thing maybe we can keep in mind is that we manage our emotions by walking with God. Right? We manage our emotions by walking with God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we walk with God, God helps us understand our emotions. He helps renew our minds to know what to do with that. Galatians 5, through 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, right? When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, that part of God that's with us now, then we're going to have certain really cool things happen to us, right? So it's like we're, we're, we're carrying a big fruit basket or we're bearing fruit. These are good things that come to us from following God. We have love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. That last word, that last phrase, self-control. When we walk with God, we can have control and understanding over our emotions. They won't control us. We can experience them as we're supposed to experience them, and we can be in control because the Holy Spirit is the one driving our bus. Right? 2 Timothy 1.7, For the Spirit God gave us uh, does not make us timid, doesn't make us fear. We don't live in fear, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. God helps us navigate our emotions. God helps us navigate and control and enjoy and use our emotions in the way that we're supposed to use them. So what does that look like in like everyday language, right? There's, I think there's some steps that we can take. I think we, we go to God first, right? We, whenever we're encountering some kind of emotion, we go to God, right? We, we can pray about it. We can talk to God about it. Say, God, I'm feeling this way. I know you've given me emotions. You know, uh, this, I just want to share it with you today, God. Right? We read scripture. That's going to evoke some emotions. It's going to give us an idea of how to deal with our emotions. Right? When we're in, uh, in God's presence, when we come to worship, hopefully that you're, you're experiencing emotions in here that aren't discussed. <laughs> and, uh, but it, but the, if, you know, for me, like when we're singing these songs, I mean, sometimes I'm crying for joy. Sometimes I'm crying for happiness. Sometimes I'm just like, God, I need you. Sometimes I'm, I've got this fear i got to let go. Sometimes it's this anger. I've got to say, God, just... And coming to worship is a powerful way to release that. You know, Cole and our team do such an awesome job of helping us tap into that and, and tap into God. So, you know, take it to God. I think the other thing is we've got to allow ourselves to express and, and feel our emotions, right? I'm, I'm angry right now. Why is that? Right? To question our emotions. It's a, I, maybe I need to be sad. Maybe I need to be happy right now. Maybe I need to be cautious, Right? And, and to ask the question, you know, first of all, let me experience it. What am I feeling? I don't want to deny it. It's here. Let me face that. But to question it, say, is this a pure thing? Is this a helpful thing? Or, or is this a distorted thing? Should I be scared right now? Or, or maybe I'm scared because I haven't slept well in a week. And maybe it's just I'm tired and I'm overreacting to this situation. Or, or maybe I'm feeling upset right now and I, I shouldn't be upset because what I'm doing is I'm remembering something in my past, a similar relationship, and I'm bringing it here. And what I'm really upset about is the past relationship rather than the relationship that I'm in right now. Right? So sometimes our emotions can, can 
can again betray us. And so ask those tough questions. I think another thing we can do is to share our emotions with others. I mentioned that earlier. Right? Obviously, we're sharing them with God, but to share them with a friend or a, a, a family member, maybe a counselor, someone in our small group at church that we really can trust and, and that we're in this together. Right? We see that again and again in Scripture. We saw it earlier today in Romans that we're to help each other navigate our life. And, and there's something about getting it out on the table that just really gives us perspective on that. Is this a healthy emotion? Is it an unhealthy? Right? Am I way off the mark here? And then we, we act on it, right? We've kind of filtered things in. Okay, I've got these emotions. I've weighed them. I've you know, questioned them. All right, I, I think I'm ready to act on this. I should be angry about this, or I should let this go, or I should step in. It's okay. Maybe I just need to cry, or you know, maybe I need to laugh some, right? Act on it. And then we, we learn from that, and we gain experience. Now, here's the challenge. Sometimes when we have emotions, we have to make decisions in a very quick fashion. We don't have time to go through all these steps. That'd be nice, Pastor Kyle, but I live in the real world and I don't have time to go look it up in the Bible and I don't have time to call everybody in the world. I gotta make a decision like right now. That's why it is so important, why it's so important for us to always be walking with God. The more we pray, the more we read the Bible, the more we serve God, the more we worship God, the more we serve God, then that becomes our lifestyle. And so when those emotions come up, we know what to do with them because we have been walking with God. God's been transforming our lives and we're already living in these moments with God. And so it becomes like second nature to do the right thing. It becomes like second nature to know what we're doing, right? To understand ourselves, to be aware of how we act in the world, right? And so it's so important to do our work with God and to do our work with other people. Brothers and sisters, what emotion did you bring with you here today? Is it fear? Is it sadness? Is it joy? Is it anxiety? Is it disgust? What's going on in your heart right now? Would you say that you're more aligned with Homer Simpson and, and you let emotions just drive the bus or are you more like Mr. Spock and you just gotta suck it up and never, never encounter or, or admit that you have any emotions? Are you somewhere in the middle trying to navigate life? and all these conflicting emotions that God has given us that are good, and sometimes we've distorted them and they're bad. Just be reminded, brothers and sisters, that allowing our emotions to control our, us is not godly. Denying and vilifying our emotions is not godly either. We manage our emotions by walking with God and walking with each other. And when we do so, we're going to be just fine from the inside out. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray.